Hello folks and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to be back in the hot seat tonight. Um, here to help me talk through a, a busy um, couple of days of, of post-match reaction after Rangers beat Aberdeen to rolls to one. First of all, representing the young team, it is Andrew. How are you? Yeah, not bad, Colin. Uh, yeah, certainly a good result. Um, Ibrox the other night. Uh, quite a cold night, but uh, we kind of had a lot to get out of our seats and jump about for, so that wasn't actually too bad. I know. It's, um, I, I don't know about you. I'm in the cold and the wind just seems to fucking batter me. Um, honestly, it's a wind trap up there. Um, Aye, horrible. But anyway, the, the listeners on the here uh, talk about the temperature. Also joining us, um, a foreign con- correspondent, Davey T. How are you, my friend? Yeah, well, absolutely buzzing after Wednesday night. Uh, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the game. One wee quite hit, technical hitch, but I think we will we'll come on to that. Uh, but, uh, no, it's one more week, Colin, and we are top of the league. I know, I know, and let's get to that, but before we do, hello to all the listeners um, who are watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and of course, to everybody who's listening after the fact, um, if you do want to get involved in the comments, uh, get your comments in, there's always some good points and some excellent patter, um, did see somebody comment on the um, the wee mini uh, news report I sent out, um, commenting my, whole, <laughs> my, my hairline, saying that the fullbacks are pushing up in that hairline and I was, you know, that gutted I couldn't even argue back. It's, it hurts because it's true. But anyway, hello to all the listeners. Andrew, um, let's start from the beginning, beginning then. Tuesday night, a couple of changes. Uh, we've seen, seen Tom Warrens come in the middle of the park. We've seen Cyril Dessers come in for Silva. Um, it kept us with a lineup of Butland and Goals, Tavenier, Golson, Suter and Yilmaz. Lawrence and Lundstrom in the midfield with Cantwell just in front of them. McCausland and Matondo out in the wing and Dessers leading the line. Um, what were your thoughts on, the, on how we set up in the first half? Um, I thought the first 15-20 minutes we uh, we just looked bang up for it. I thought we were playing great. I, I thought all the players who were in there um, from the start were straight at it from the first whistle. Um, they all looked like they knew the game plan. They knew what their, their, their goals for the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes were um, to try and, you know, put Aberdeen in the back foot, try and find a goal if possible and, you know, kind of work with the crowd because the crowd was bang up for it. Um, So I think uh, I was certainly pleased with it. I thought that's probably a really 10, 15 minutes to the best football I'd seen this season um, from, from Rangers. I thought our passing plays were crisp. I thought our runs were sharp. I thought we all kind of knew who we were taking and it, um, you know, man marking and such, um, and it was a kind of electricity. You know, it was we were really sharp going forward with um, the wingers. I think Ross and and Rabi had certainly started well. Um, I thought Tom Lawrence was good. I, I was he was probably the one that I was kind of uh, not shocked to see, but it was interesting that uh, Phil wanted to go with that in the midfield. Um, I think I'd said that my pre-match team. That I would have played Raskin um, with Lundstrom and Cantwell, but uh, he's obviously gone for a wee bit more of the attacking minded player that Tom Lawrence is. Um, again, shows his uh, versatility, can play out wide, he can play uh, kind of attacking through the middle, but he can also sit and be a kind of deeper attacking centre mid. Um, so, yeah, I was really happy with it. Davey, um, a wee comment just came in uh, for JD, one of our subscribers, and a shout out to Billy Knox, who's just became a subscriber, a member on YouTube as well. If you do like what you see, you can get extra content on Patreon and YouTube for just a quid a month. Um, but JD is also saying you're going to have number four um, on the back of your next Rangers jersey, and he's obviously alluding to your long term love hate relationship with John Lundstrom. Um, I'll I'll be honest, Davey, I'm I'm no no trying to bait you here. I I really did like how 
how well Lundstrom and Lawrence can move the ball um, for that midfield role. Um, we know Lundstrom can have the occasionally dodgy touch, but at his best, he's got a good range of passing, long and short. Lawrence was exactly the same, and they both like a dig for outside the box. Lawrence eventually... Um, the goal, second goal eventually came for Lawrence um, shooting for outside the box. I did like the look of day two um, in the middle of the park. Well, I did say I, uh, when we were asking about the team last week, I did say Lawrence would play, so I, 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 I thought that was a certainty that he would play. Tom Lawrence is probably the best player we've got in the team when when he when he's fully fit and uh, he's just got so many ideas and so many yeah he can hit a ball. Really hard. I mean, what was that? 30 yards, I think he hit that one from 20, 30 yards. Uh, well, I'll go, I'll, I'll give the answer on on the Lundstrom. Uh, what was it? Listen, sorry, that was a Dutch word. Um, listen, if, uh, if Lundstrom played at that the whole time, I would be a Lundstrom fan. I really would. He's, 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 he's really brilliant at the moment. Absolutely brilliant. It's just a shame. That he never played that way the whole eight, the whole three years he's been here, but at the moment I'll give him all his due. If he keeps playing the way that he's playing just now, then I will. I won't have number four in my back. I don't think that because I think Todd Cantwell was man of the match, uh, and I, so I think um, as I said, uh, I, I think Lawrence was uh, was was good as well. But, um, I'm definitely, definitely coming over into the the lunchroom. I won't, I won't, be, I won't be criticising him if he keeps playing the way he's playing. And maybe even I'll be thinking, maybe he should get an extra contract if, uh, if, if at the end of the year if he keeps playing like this. That will take an awful lot. Must admit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like credit where credit's due, and even I need to be honest about how inconsistent he's been over the last couple of years. But he's been the most consistent since Philip Clement came in. Um, you know, I, I think the struggle has been just getting the consistency around him in midfield. But I'm, I'm with you, David. We we, we can't we can't just allow people to have a purple patch and then drop off a cliff. He does have to continue this, but it doesn't look as if he's showing any signs of slowing down. Um, Andrew? See if we can keep Tom Lawrence fit. He's a game changer. He really is. Um, I think I, I think you've got an a, a eight, £8 million player there if you can keep him fit. The most famous, the most famous ranger saying ever. It's not we other people. It's not I already is. If he stays fit, um, <laughs> Andrew, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to talk you through the the first goal because um, there's a, a few comments coming in about um, Matondo. Obviously, you've banged the drum on Matondo long and hard since you joined the pod. Um, I do want to give my, I take my chance to give a shout out to Ross McCausland. Um, and it's maybe a, you know, after you have your Matondo mania rant, um, I'll open the conversation up and him um, to both of you. But I thought he'd done really well getting the shot away. But Matondo there to react, it was a, it was a well worked goal. Rabbi's exactly where I want him to be um, for that uh, effort a goal from McCausland. I think Ross doesn't showing himself in any glory there at all I think he's he could do better with the shot but uh, that's where I want him to be he's got that quick turn of pace and he's got that quick first step and that's what gets him to the ball first and all he had to do was put it in the net you know a couple of times you might have seen him put it wide or hit the post or put it straight down in the middle which would give the keeper a chance but no he, he lashed it into the net and uh, he's starting to hit that, that a real purple patch as you said there I'm, I'm I'm proud of him in, in the stands uh, and seeing everybody else. You're uh, speaking like a proud dad. I'm proud I feel of him. Like my boy. I really He's do. my boy. I really do because it's it's nice seeing the, the people around me at Ibrox changing their opinion on him because there was there was a lot of time there like last season where he was, oh, he's dreadful, he's useless. He can only kick the ball two miles ahead of him and run into it or he'll put it off the park. But he's, he's adding goals. I think that's it. In six starts, and you have to remember his starts because he hasn't had a lot of game time as a whole. Uh, six starts, he's had six goal involvements, three goals, three assists. And if at that rate, this is what we want. This is exactly what we want from the wingers. Um, 
so that we're not leaving a striker to do all the work or leaving Tav to chip in with the striker. Um, because I, I, I don't I don't want to keep talking about the other side of the city, but the key thing was for them in the big games in the old firms, Kyogo didn't score in his first five, but they had Jota, they had O'Reilly, they had a badder, you know, they had Tati chipped in with goals, and that's the difference between winning games and winning leagues, is that you've get goal scoring distributed all through the team. Jack Butler in the goal can maybe get away with it, but he's that brilliant he might pop up for a goal every now and again. But yeah. I, I was really proud of him, uh, and uh, I'm opening subscriptions to the Matondo Appreciation Society. Um, I've recruited Shona. Uh, she's she's a uh, part of the Appreciation Society. Um, I'm trying to drag Scotty around. I think he's a uh, he's more he's more getting around to the fact that he's a uh, we're witnessing greatness. Um, so long may it continue. Listen, I'm a sucker for a, for a good 80s-related football chant. Um, preferably ABBA, but the Matondo song's a cracker. Um, he doesn't run down the right, though. That's the only thing I have with that song. He's, he's a left winger, so the whole it, running down the Rangers right. Uh, I thought it was running down the Rangers wing. I thought it was Rangers right, playing in Blues Dynamite. There you go, I've just fixed it for you. Rangers wing. Winging dynamite don't rhyme. <laughs> oh, it's not my job. That's for the capos and the belt to sort. Davy, what have you got to say uh, on Matondo? A couple of things. I, w- I want to Matondo. I want to say. Um, I hope he has a great season. Get his value up, and then I think he's one of the ones that we should sell for. What what, what we can get for him? Obviously, a lot more than we paid for him. I think it was three million we paid for him. I think it was. I think that would be he. I would say he he would be the first one that we should think about starting this new player trading model and get him up to the best he can be this season, and then move him on. I think that's the way we should go. Um, is it Ian Dill put uh, put up um, that Lundstrom would be looking for forty million if he was to get a new contract? Not forty million, fucking hell, forty thousand. <laughs> forty thousand, sorry, forty thousand. Um, I don't, I don't think he's worth that, and uh, I think, what, I think what Lundstrom's got to worry about. He and Mandy come on uh, uh, for a just for a short time, but I think I saw in that 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 the play in that fifteen minutes he was on, he's going to be a real cracker. He really we'll, is. We we welcome only him, um, but on the Lundstrom forty grand a week. That's just. Ian's heard that eyebrows, and we've all heard these rumours um, about what Rangers players are on, but. It's Rangers shouldn't be pay, paying anybody north of 30, 40 grand a week. Anybody north of 30 year old, 40 grand a week, they need to be an absolute superstar and have selling value to be on 40 grand a week. But, David, back to the, the winning positions. Um, Rotondo, I think we all agree that we need to see a wee bit of regular game time uh, for him. Um, Ross McCausland's been getting a, a proper run of games and he's, I feel had that heart sorry for him. He really is starting to split the Rangers support um, where, I don't know, I think some of us are just giving him um, a buy because he's a young player. Other players are writing him off because he's not Brian Loudup reincarnated. Um, around me, Ibrooks, um, a lot of, there was a lot of fans getting frustrated with him. Um... I, I really kind of get that I'm probably in the in the latter half um, of no, oh, let's say um, he's doing well. He's not going to he's not going to set the head of the light every game for ninety minutes. He's just broke into the first team, but then again, he's been involved in two goals in two games. Um, what what more can we expect for a twenty year old breaking through, Davy? Listen, no winger's going to give you any consistency of playing brilliant every game. And if you, even if you um, if you take the best wingers we've had, then they've they've, um, they've always had a brilliant team behind them. Whereas Ross McCausland, I mean, at the moment, while we're a good team at the moment, we're not we've not got players like Ronald De Boer or uh, or any of these players round about uh, round about them. So I think I, I was actually shocked when I when I looked at follow follow and. Uh, Wednesday morning, that there was actually a lot of criticism about him because I thought he played a really good game. I thought he was uh, he was really lively, and I think that's what he does. He's he's always got a, he's always there for a pass. 
He's there for a long ball, which he which he could he actually manages to control, which we've hardly had a winger that can do that, control a ball the way he does. I mean he brought, brought there was one ball that was up 30, 40, maybe fifty yards, and he just brought it down with his toe, we touch with his toe and the bone the ball was stone dead. Now I I don't get it. And we we keep saying Oh, we should be bringing you through. We should be bringing you through. We should be bringing you through. And then, as soon as we bring them through, we're there to shoot them down. I just, I, I just don't get it, Colin. I think if we're going to bring you through, then we've got to accept they're not going to be consistent right in the beginning. And hopefully, they'll get that consistency. As I say, the no winger in the world will probably give you a hundred percent consistency because it's a position where they sort of fluctuate. And I think I, I I think he's a good player. I must admit, I know, like the, I, I know we'll be going to the the boy the boy on the other side. Is it Cortez? I really like the look at him. I think he he's going to be a, a real good player. I think we're going to have a crack team over a couple of years if we keep adding players. What that's calling? Aye, and Robert Robert Grant's just hit the nail on the head saying, look at the defending he does now compared to the start. I mean, we just need to go back to that Real Betis game, and I get that's a level above, but he was his positional sense was terrible when he, when he first broke in at the team um, tail end of last, the last calendar year. He was, he was just switching off at the wrong times. Now, he's not perfect at it now, but he's so much better already. That's part and parcel of bringing young players through, and Scott Scott McKay in the in the comments just said as well, we want we love the idea as a support of young players coming through until they actually come through and we're not prepared to give them time. Well we're a nightmare. Andrew, yeah, uh, come in on us. Sorry. If you want to come in, maybe take yourself off mute. First time it's happened to me, but there we go. Um yep, uh I, I, I was going to say that obviously we know that Ross has only hit 20 um, and I think it's important to know that other side of the park, Fabi's only 23, you've you've got two relatively young wingers and in that case with Ross, you need to remember that that's not just him playing against a small team in terms of they're expecting to get cuffed. That's, Aberdeen played that game as they always do as it's their final, that's their cup final, everything, they win something for winning that uh, that game, or taking a point from us that game, that's like winning a trophy for them. So it's that's that's a valuable experience for someone at his age. It's different if you chuck him out the last 15 minutes against some team that we've already put three or four by, starting them against a team that we're going to be up for it, with a new manager, Browns, that we're going to give their all, and he's opposite number. They, they had Mackenzie, who's a decent young left-back, and they had Johnny Hayes, who's well experienced and doesn't exactly like Rangers, so he gave his all as well. So it's important to notice that it wasn't just two random diddies he was up against at that side of the park because he was getting two on one a lot. He was getting Hayes supporting McKenzie every time he got the ball at his feet because he does like getting a lot of touches in the ball. He does because he creates a lot of chances. Um, statistically, he's quite good. He, he creates chances with the second ball or from his first pass. And they were quick to get on him. As soon as he got the ball out of his feet, Hayes was on him. As soon as he got it, as soon as Hayes was near him, McKenzie then jumped into support. So I, I thought it was a really good performance from him. Uh, I don't think he did himself any disservice. Um, so yeah, it, these are the things that I just... It's, somebody said, I've seen it on Twitter, like, if football managers corrupted people, if, you're, if your player's not like a five-star player by the age of 24, he's a dud and stuff like that. But it's important to give him time, man. Come on, he's just signed a nice long-term deal. So hopefully see him for a bit longer and we we'll just watch him grow. David, on Cortez, um, it leads us into the the options of the new boys. And I want to speak about Cortez and Silva and probably in the same in the same light. Um, I think what we're seeing for Cortez is maybe what we've seen for Silva um in his first couple of games. Very sharp, very energetic. Um Probably running about the pitch a wee bit more than what I'd like, but that's hard to say. Is it over eagerness or is it just trying to adapt to the adapt to the new team, his new surroundings? Um, but the, he is showing glimpses of what he can do. Um, I think he will be a good option if he improves in the same rate as Fabio Silva. Um, 
has improved. I thought, I think Silva's done himself no harm in being a contender for the main striker. What was your thoughts in, in day two on Tuesday night? Um, Silva was really good when he came on. I think he tries too hard at times. I think he's a, he was a bit greedy. I think he, the, the, the shot they had it put it past the post. I think the easier ball was to to put it across to Cortez, who was uh, who was uh, in the middle of the park, and he was actually holding back so he would get a shot at goal. But unfortunately, Silva decided to get to to go, to go himself, and he done that a couple of times that he, he could have put somebody through and uh, didn't see it. But he's certainly very skillful player, Silva. Uh, Cortez, I think you you seen him as well that he was he, linking up plays very good at. I thought uh, he defends well. He comes back, although I must admit he didn't write a lot of glamour for himself with the uh, the free giving away the free kick in the what was it three minutes to go? Oh no, it was the last kick of the ball. In fact, he gave away a free kick. The ball went over the bar with the Duke, uh, and then the referee boys boys whistle. Uh, it was it was a bit of a stupid decision. Although maybe they would have scored if he didn't do it. So I suppose you can say we're always saying we should have fouled him. So maybe maybe he thought the same. I'll I'll, I'll fill them instead of letting them go on. But um, no, I, I I think uh, I think the new ones. And as as I said, the Diamondo Diamondi, I, I I thought he looked really good player when he came on as well. I, I really I, I think he might be the pick of the bunch. To be honest with you, uh, Davy, I didn't realise how big and strong and athletic he'd be. Um, he's you know, he did look really strong and how he held the ball up and it looked as if he's got quick, quick feet for a big guy as well. And again, I, I say, I don't really know what I was expecting. I know fuck all about fuck all when it comes to Danish uh, Danish football, sorry. I, um, but no, I was, again, you know I'm reactive. I fall in love. Um, I fall in love anytime somebody puts a, Puts a scarf over their head and signs for Rangers. Um, I'm probably the last ones, to, one of the last ones to write them off. But I, I really did like the look of him. Would you say where where would he fit, Davy? Is he a number ten? Is he a number eight? What What do you think? No, oh, I think he'll be deeper. I think he'll be deeper. I think he'll be, be sort of a playmaker type player. Um, he certainly doesn't shirk a tackle. That's for sure because he went into a couple of hefty ones. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll be deeper. Call. I don't. I don't think he'll be the the sort of a can't go number ten. I don't. I, I very much doubt that. I think he'll. I think he'll be more right there to take over probably from Lundstrom or Raskin's role. I think. I think that will be the maybe maybe the link. Maybe the link between the number ten and the the number four. That sort of a player. I don't. I don't see him being number ten. To be honest with you, I think. Uh, but I mean, what, what have I seen of him? I've seen. I've seen ten minutes of him, so I can't really make a judgment on that. <laughs> so. On the number 10 rule then, there's a lot of love in the chat uh, this evening, Andrew, for for Todd Campbell. Um, I'll be honest, I I was getting quite, not concerned, nah, concerned about Campbell and Ration, um, but we'll focus on, on Campbell um, towards the end of the last calendar year. I wasn't sure if he was going to fit into Clermont's style of play. I wasn't sure if we overhyped a player in a poor team. Um, he'd first got him into the Rangers, and I thought he was maybe... Uh, we spoke about Shona. I think Shona mentioned this in the pod. Uh, this might have been the same thing that happened in his downward spiral at Norwich, where he just starts to fall, fall out of love with the manager. Um all of that said shows you how little I know about football in general because he's been tremendous the last couple of games. He really has been and popping up with a goal the last night. I don't want to do him a disservice because it wasn't just a goal. Um, I thought he, he did have a proper solid number 10 performance, but I don't think he drifted in and out of the game, which he is quite guilty of. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of winning back the trust of the support, because he had a lot of goodwill heading into this season, they, they could use up in those kind of games at the start where he did didn't ha- he had an off night he had a he had a poor afternoon he got subbed off or the Limassol debacle with the what thirty eighth minute sub or something like that um, when that happened against Limassol I went well that's that bridge burnt between Clermont and Cantwell 
as you said, we've seen it happen before in his career. Um, I thought it wasn't a wise move at the time. I wasn't happy with the sub. I know Ross comes on the park and scores. So it looks great from the manager's point of view. And I thought he, he spoke strongly about the situation after the game. Um, but I think that, that proves how good a, a man manager that Clermont is, that he can, ex- he can explain himself and he can get the player to understand that after the heat of the moment, and and he could talk him down almost because it is. It was one of the things I was worried about because it was one of those where you went, oh, we've just blown our chances at seeing Todd Cantwell be sold on for Rangers for seven, eight, nine, maybe ten million because that was the the form he had at the end of last season, um, since when he came in, um, but four goals in his last five, he's looked strong at the first minute to last, and I have to remember in some of those. Those last five games, he's only had forty-five minutes. He gets subbed off at halftime twice, um, including Easter Road, where he scored that screamer. Um, but I think he deserved the goal last night. Although, it, as we said earlier, Tom Lawrence thunderbolt doesn't give Roos much of a chance, but he, he makes a save and Todd's there, exactly where I want him to be, following in in the centre of the box, and uh, powers it in the net. Fair play to him. He's a uh, his name is Cantwell and he's quite good apparently. Um so yeah, long may that continue. Davey, Remember, just two sides, Davey. Sorry, just Remember. before I bring you. I two sides before I bring you in. Um just a massive thank you to Jim Sloan who's um gifted ten pounds to the gallon for you. Um Jeff's up. Jim's always been a, a massive supporter. He tunes in every every pod. Um so always appreciate people you know, supporting the podcast um, and, you know, just feeling the feeling the love. Um, I've, I've gifted um, 10, 10 memberships for anybody who's listening who's not, who are not a member um, of the YouTube page and you'll get the first month for free um, if you want to try, try it out and get the extra content. But no, thank you for that, Jim. Davey, you were going to go on about how good Campwell was. Yeah, well, I think, remember we were saying a couple of a weeks ago, I don't think Cantwell and, uh, and the manager got on, come on, got on, and he really looked as if he was sort of ready to chuck it, Cantwell, at, the, at one time. When he got taken off, as Andrew said, he really looked as if he was uh, going to throw the toys out the pram. But all of a sudden, I think I think Cantwell's got a, a, a way of, it's, I'll, I'll do it my way. I'm, I know better than anybody else. I'll do it my way. And I think he's all of a sudden starting to realise that Comont's actually trying to help him than, than sort of be against him. And I think, obviously, uh, Cantwell was really good friends with Beal. So I think that is possibly a, a thing that he was sort of a upset about as well, that Beal wasn't there to put his arm around him and, uh, and buy him a cup of coffee. As uh, as they said that he'd uh, he'd done a few times, so I, th- I think uh, I think that's the way. I think Cantwell's just now actually realising that the manager's there to help him, and and it's shown he looks a happier player, doesn't he, than from what he was a, a few weeks ago. So I think, as I said, man of, man of the match. The last two games, I think he's been man of the match, and uh, it, it just seems to be. Uh, and Tavernier said just one last thing. Tavernier said in, in the presser. That he's actually been shouting to Cantwell to stay in the number 10 position and not start running over the whole park. So that's another part of it as well. And it, this isn't a new thing with Todd Cantwell. Uh, last year, we, one of his criticisms was that he tries to be a bit too involved and a bit too hasty. He was picking up a lot of bookings, and I think it was more through frustration than that. And he's that type of player where he just wants to be involved and make things happen. Um, but at the same time, we want him in that position for a reason. So you've hit the nail on the head, Davey. I think he's maybe Campbell's finally found his, his father figure. See what you just said there, Colin, um, about I'm trying too much and take, picking up bookings because you're trying. That reminds me exactly of Barry Ferguson the second time he came round. That's what that was my criticism of him that, uh, that he was at that time, second time round, he was trying far too much. And wanted to, to to do everything himself, and I think that is uh, the the way the Cantwell sort of started as well. So, 
it's all been fairly positive so far in the pod. You know, we're all keen each other, patting the back. We're all talking about how much we love all the players. You don't watch any good story where there's no a, there's no a bad turn, there's no a villain appearing for the hero to overcome. Upstep the SFA. So Andrew, um, <laughs> where did we start? So, Dujon Sterling came on um, in the second half, and about three minutes for time, he he's he's rushing in for a fifty-fifty and. I don't want to say lunge, it was maybe a half a lunge that he's aiming for, but he does lose his footing and he slips and he makes contact with the, the Aberdeen fullback. And I'll be honest, watching it for the Copeland Rear um, with my terrible eyesight, at first I thought, oofed, he's taking him clean out. Watching it back on the highlights and getting the same view that the referee got to see um, when he went to check the VAR because he gave him a straight red. Um, I can't see how that's not been overturned. I think it's a, it's a standard yellow card. The VAR referee, he they agreed. It sh- it should be, they felt strong enough it should be looked at, but the card stood. Rangers have appealed it. Appeal has been flung out like an old tracky. What's your thoughts? At first, when you said that a villain, I thought you were going to say it was going to be Bojan Miofsky again. Um, <laughs> the, the goal, the, the, that wasn't in the script moment. Um, but yeah, the Sterling one, when he came onto the park, I went, that's the perfect substitution. We went more defensively minded player in the middle of the park to stop any late, late shenanigans that Aberdeen might try and pull. And within about five minutes, he's been given his marching orders off the park. Um, after another five minutes of Varchek. Um But I, I, you're right, at first when I was sitting, I had my glasses on and everything, and I went, oof, that was a, a pretty strong challenge. That's a challenge I thought a Neil Warnock side would, would probably commit. Um, but at first glance, it didn't look brilliant. But then you get the finger to the ear and you think, unless, there's, unless it's not as bad as we thought, he's making the most of his reaction to it. I look back. I thought he was holding his wrong leg in the <laughs> in the replay. Um, it looks like he's holding both of his legs. To be fair to him, um, yeah. It, they're going to say the speed of it was too much, but I suppose that just happens when you're quite covering ground as Dujon Sterling is. Uh, I'm, I can't say I was too surprised that it get chucked out because I feel like they're defending their man. Um, they've chucked the blame at the VAR. The VAR referee instead of the, the referee on the park, um, which is, I suppose, a bit harder to find unless you have the programme and you see who's on VAR. Um, and also, there's more than one VAR official, so you don't know who's given the... Well, I don't know. I think that's that's not the right call decision. So I think it's a good protection job from the SFA. Not throwing a conspiracy out there, but it did seem like it was a... It was going to cause something with the VAR official saying, nope, have a look at it. And then the decision was upheld. So one of them was going to be wrong. And then they flipped it again. And they've made the, they've just come out and said, no, it's the VAR team that got it wrong. The referee was right by upholding. the, the They're not throwing out the, the appeal. So I, I can't say I was too surprised in the grand scheme of things after thinking about it. But seeing the tweet that's been dismissed, I was a bit you know, confused because it did look quite soft. I mean, Chris Sutton said it was soft. <laughs> Oh, don't get me started on Chris Sutton and Chris Boyd <laughs> and the absolute pantomime that is the Scottish Scottish football coverage. Um, but, Davey, kind of same but different topic. Paul McGarrow's asking if we can touch on the second yellow for Duke. And I think that's that's a good point in the context. Um, Duke should have should have been sent off um, for the, the flailing arm. It wasn't even an elbow. It was a forearm to the head of Golson, I'm sure it was. Um no second yellow card given. The argument is that the ref played on, um, the, the ref gave us the advantage, but surely I, I, I think we can kind of relate this because Sterling's been sent off for reckless endangerment of another player. If try to kibosh somebody with your forearm isn't a reckless endangerment, then what is? I think you might. I think he got the yellow card for the arm, Colin. I think it was. 
They've all checked that for a, a red, didn't they? And he, then it was he's he's second yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was meaning like, so why would he not be sent off for that? And then Duke should have got a second yellow after that. So many chances did he get? Yeah, yeah. Well, the second chance was that um, he was running. There was a Rangers player running away from him, and he was lying on the ground. And he tried to, in fact, didn't try. He hit, he hit the, the the player's back leg, trying to trip him, which is a, a yellow card all the time. Rangers were kept on the the attack. The player managed to, I can't remember who the what the player who the player was now, but he managed to stay on his feet and the attack continued. Now normally a referee would go back and he obviously seen it because he waved play on, so he obviously seen it. So normally he would go back and give a yellow card, which would have meant a red card for uh, for Duke. Now that's fine. I, I was listening to Radio Clyde last night um, for the. Uh, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night before the they played the the game, and Radio Clyde's take on it was that because Rangers kept the attack going, then it was he didn't uh, uh, spoil an attacking move, so then it's no red card, uh, no yellow card. No, that's fine. If, if that's a rule, I can accept that. But. Yesterday in the Hibs uh, v them game, the exact same thing happened. The only difference was was the, the boy used his foot to try and trip the guy up. But the the play went on, and they had a a, a really good chance, and they missed it. The the the, the 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 play came back, and the referee went and he booked the Hibs player. Now that attack kept going. So why is there a rule? For, for, for one, or if, if Radio Clyde got it wrong, that's possibly as well. But why did the, the referee, um, Welsh, was it last night, go back and, 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 and give him a yellow card when Duke never went back, when he never went back and got a yellow card? And that is, uh, it, it, these rules are so, and, and it always seems, I mean, let's face it, it always seems to be the one team that's getting these, these chances. I mean, take it, who's, who's got the most penalties this year? 12, who's not had a, a player sent off this year? Same team. Uh, and, and they're the ones that are crying all the time that the, the referees are against them. But they've got the best stats from all referees. And never having a player sent off. I mean, look at the way they kicked us off the park. There were tackles getting shin high. They never get a player sent off. And we get one that he hits, a, they get, uh, Sterling hits the guy's toes. And uh, and he gets, he gets sent off. And they're getting in, they're taking blooming kneecaps all, almost off. So I'm afraid, uh, I'm afraid there's a little bit of uh, not not very honest football going on here. To be honest and, with you, and I'll be honest, this isn't a this isn't a popular opinion in in, in the live streams. Um, the referees, in my opinion, aren't corrupt. They are not corrupt, right? I'm, I'm sorry. We can take the tinfoil hats off. They're not. They are inconsistent. Um, and they're, they're just poor at their job. Um, I've said that for day one. We need a better standard of referee. We need a better standard of governing the referees and performance managing them. But the RFC 72 asked about what was the find today about the SFA and the stuff that came out. And I just wanted to touch on that um, and not to go too much in the tirade. So, well, the referees, I, I don't believe there's anyone going out to cheat. You may call me naive. Um, what came out today was a joint statement with Rangers, Aberdeen, Motherwell, St Johnston, and a couple of other clubs. A joint statement on the independent report that the SPFL clubs commissioned into the SPFL, and that I'm not going to go through high level detail, but basically, the SPFL only consulted with one club out of the whole 42 clubs um, that they govern to get their thoughts on the commission. That club, incidentally, um, has never been on the SPFL board, so it's probably you know, East Fife or something, I don't know. Um, it's not Rangers or Celtic. Um, but the worst of all, and Andrew, I'll, I'll bring you in on this, um, it comes out that the SPFL have altered the report that they received back. So they've... They've said, okay, investigators, they've received the finding of the investigation and then they've changed a wee bit. 
and then said, okay, it's okay, look at we've done nothing wrong. That's marking your own homework. Um, <laughs> honestly, man, why did we pay for Netflix when we wrote this fucking comedy show for nothing? Uh, it's a bit like uh like the kind of he's go thing uh we'll just spoil the fun uh we'll have it for ourselves and it doesn't matter what you think if we can just have all the rules and break all the rules but if you try and uh say it's our problem then uh on points deduction i'm sure it won't be far away um but it's, it's just a joke i would say though i was really happy that some were in it as well being from paisley nice to see rangers and some linked together and not not just always Paisley people around me and not like me because I'm a Rangers fan. Um, so I was kind of happy with a wee bit of hometown pride, or second hometown pride, I suppose. Um, but it, it was one of those where you could tell somebody the other side that the city would be saying, oh, it's going to be another statement again. Oh, you know, but it's, we're fair to call them out. And it's about time that we do get back in from other teams because instead of it just being Rangers, being the wisest in the room and going, hold on, that's not quite right. Heads are starting to turn, and that's exactly what we need. We need other teams to recognise that it's. I'm not going to say it's shady. I'm going to say it's shoddy because it's just poor from from people who are supposed to be all knowing people in in our in Scottish football that run the show. I mean, it's hardly been a hardly been a well uh, <laughs> a steady ship. It's like a Titanic the way they run the thing. <laughs> Except there's about eighteen thousand different icebergs in the water. They keep hitting them. They're steering into them. Um, but I, I can't say I'm surprised by <laughs> that detail of the them, you know, clicking edit and then maybe getting the the black ink out and scoring through things. It's starting to sound CIA esque. Uh, the <laughs> red tape and, and black ink. Um, but so it's, it's a comedy show. You're spot on. You've got to call and have uh, you've, you've got to have people that are willing to accept that they change things. The people on that board now, if you look at the names of the people that were on the board, they're very dubious right from the start. I, 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 well, I think there was one from Ross County. He, I, I don't know. He might be uh, pretty straight, but when you're two against one, then, uh, then it's. But they they are obviously willing to accept that parts of it were changed. But if you write a report, then you should not be willing for. The, the people that have, have, have commissioned that report to to let them change it in the, the, the second. It just, it's just absolutely ludicrous. And it's a really good point made for a friend of the pod, Curry. Um, for MD, who doesn't know Curry in the pod, um, but he has his own podcast now, um, The Sands of Ibrox, absolutely go and give that a like on Twitter, Facebook. He's asking why... Was there only six? Why was there no other clubs involved in Davy? Like the point you've made there goes to the member clubs as well for too long. And I don't want to sit in my high horse here as as a fan of one of the big two when it's easy to be the Goliath. If you are a Samaritan, if you are a Livingston, you're gonna pick the path of least resistance. And for too long that's there's no been any viable alternative. Um we wonder, a lot of people wondered why when Rangers were shouting for a commission into the way the league was run, clubs will look after themselves. Um, if they think this is going to come back to bite them because they're getting, I, I don't know, say, for example, a loan deal off a Celtic or if they're getting let away with having artificial pitches, I'm just speculating with these ones, but any number of things. Clubs that struggle to stay afloat because of the, the money that comes into Scottish football, I can understand that, but we need to look at the bigger picture. Like we, we do need to look at how do we govern our game properly and let it grow properly. I, I do take heart that there was six clubs, um, including Rangers, issuing a joint statement three, four years ago. You wouldn't have got it. So we are progressing and we just need to hope that more clubs, and eventually it will be 11 against one because we know the one who, um, who benefit from all of this. But we do need to get to the majority of clubs calling us out. Yeah, definitely. Um, but Colin, see, the, the, the worrying thing now is they don't even try to hide it. <laughs> They've never tried to hide it. They used, I mean, used, used to do it sneaky ways, but now they don't even try to hide it. They just, uh, they know, they know, and if you take uh, take the whole um, Scottish football, the, the was it 42 clubs? I mean, 
they're not going to, the, the smaller clubs are not going to vote for things that it's going to hurt them, that's going to take money out of their pocket. So there's no way that the Rangers are Celtic, or Celtic candy, because they seem to get a way to get everybody. But there's no way that, that we can, it, it, as we said off now, David Pollock, if we could bring him in here, it's it's what the, the tail shaking the dog instead of the, the dog shaking the tail. That That's just the way it is. And it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I think the saying is that, that what, turkeys are not going to vote for Christmas. And that's just the way it is. When you've got 42 clubs with a vote on, on what the, the the Premier League can do, then it's uh, then it's absolutely ludicrous. But I think that's my favourite word today, ludicrous. But, but uh, we need to start somewhere, then. I think that statement there is a good start. So let's finish on a high then, Andrew. Um, we've not even covered the, the goals in... Um, Oh, they may also go and go and maybe you might be keep back for Sunday because I do want to spend 10 15 minutes on the overarching feeling after Tuesday night. So, in the build up, everybody everybody was saying on Twitter and follow, follow and Facebook and our group chat I had the real European night feel to it at the game on Tuesday. It had the same feeling. It was much nervier than what I would have liked a, game, a home game against Aberdeen to be. And if we had that level of performance at home against anybody apart from Celtic six, seven months ago, we are probably going to have a lot of criticism by looking at performance in, in isolation. But I think what i seen and what a lot of fans around me seen was a team finding a way to get over the line when they have a dip in form as opposed to just playing poorly and scraping by. Um, and I think the reaction on Tuesday night, um, the play that I'm feeling that, Ibrox was full at 90 minutes for the first time in a long, long time. you seen what it meant to the fans, it meant to the players. We're back in a title race. I drew off the league um, when Philip Clermont came I said that let them get in, get settled, and we'll have a push next season. We are firmly in a title race. I said to you on the way back from Easter Road that I got a special feeling about Philip Clement. He's given me the same kind of enthusiasm, his desire, the similar to the way that Gerard spoke, um, leading into fifty-five. Um, he just has an aura about him of the. I can. I'll shoulder the. I'll shoulder the pressure. You just go out and do their job in the park. Don't play the occasion. Play. Play the. Play the game. Play the eleven in front of you. Um, and I. I mean the, the whole saying of the. I don't think it's quite right because I thought we did play really well. Um, I thought the scoreline flattered Aberdeen. Um, the a cha- champions win games when they don't play well. Um, I thought that was a performance that we can build upon. Um, it certainly. Will give the players the confidence in themselves that under the the lights with the opposition they came up against the their cup final mentality that they have against us um, that they did the business and they got the three points which is what they were they would have been set out to do because I don't for a second think that Clement would have been in the dressing room saying three goals three goals four goals five goals that's good anything less than three goals and we don't go top then that's a failure three points is always going to be the must for Philip Clement I've been saying it the last couple of weeks you don't get extra points for making it look nice you get three points for outscoring the opposition that's it so three points is what we got and it's uh it's definitely a result they can build upon i think we are beginning to believe <laughs> similar to the matrix um but we've still got a long road ahead it's a marathon not a sprint as as phil says um but we are pushing the pace. We're not. We're not the shadow anymore. We're not behind them. We are pushing the pace. They've got to follow our step by step and see if they can hang with us. Because as we seen the other night at Easter Road, I mean they got outshot. <laughs> That's rare that I don't. It's rare that Rangers are Celtic will get outshot by uh, an op- an, their opposition, regardless of who it is in the SPFL. Um, but you kind of had that feeling that Hibs were kind of going to have a go, and they did have a go. I mean, I, th- I think it wouldn't be... F- Hibs fans are coming away from that game going, we could have had three points there, never mind just a draw. They they could have had three points there. They really could have put a couple more by Celtic than what they did. Um, so it's it's 
I feel like I don't want to see the pressures off us, but we're managing the pressure that we have, whereas they're not managing it at all. That's the difference. The the def, the pressure's definitely not off off us and um Aldo um what one of our admins actually on the chat, the moderators, um he said that the fans are much more patient at Ibrox over the last month or so and I definitely see that. Um maybe up until Ross McCausland gets the ball, but in general <laughs> they are more patient and Davey, I think that the reason I spoke about looking at Tuesday night's game in isolation, it wasn't a great performance, but the fans do have the buy-in. Clement has turned the mentality of the players and the fans as well. I think as a fan base, we believe that it's we are going to continue to improve. Um, I'll be honest, I don't think we're going to go the rest of the season unbeaten in the league. We will drop more points, but I trust us to get back in the wagon when we do. I never say never, Colin. We've done it before. We can do it again. But um, the the fans, the last fifteen minutes, I think uh, I would say, were absolutely brilliant. Uh, and, and that rendition is it built my gallows. Um, just before the end of the game was absolutely fantastic. It just uh, it brought uh, goosebumps to my to to my uh, my arms. It really did. And yeah. I, I, I wish I was there. I, the, the only time I, I, I can remember a few times that, that it was like that. And obviously, you you guys know more than there was one. I was there when when Rangers beat Celtic three 0 a few years ago. I was up in the club deck. It was absolutely fantastic as well. Obviously, I'm, I don't go to a lot, an awful lot of games living abroad, but you guys go to go, go to a lot more. But uh, no, absolutely fantastic. The and I I, I totally agree. Clamon has just brought a, a different. Um, Way of thinking, I think, is it you can say as well. And the, the, the way of thinking is uh, listen, we're playing tomorrow, that's the game we're thinking about. We're not thinking about uh, the end of season. It was asked often enough, um, do you think we're in a league race? Uh, and it says, No, it says, You can ask me that if we're, if we're a couple of points, if we're, if we're five points uh, clear, we have a game to go. You can ask me that, it says, but I'm not answering it now. We're playing that one game at a time. And that's just a, a completely different mentality. And to see the the way that you can see as well that we've got them frightened, Colin. The amount of Tim's coming on the pod, you don't see them when we're winning. You only see them coming on when we're, when we're, when we're taking a hammer. That's the one criticism I've got to Philip Clement. The guy on his views of taking a fucking nosedive. <laughs> because, <laughs> but I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, so, gents, uh, we've no touched on um, in Saturday yet, um, Air United, and we'll, um, we'll maybe leave that one for Sunday as well because we're coming up to the hour mark. Um, just a shout-out to anybody who's listening on Apple, Acast, um, Spotify. We do have a seven-day free trial on Patreon, and for everybody, um, whether you're watching YouTube or you listen back, any articles and blogs, yeah, we're back in the writing game and we'll be putting on Patreon for free for everybody to go and have a wee read. If you're sick of my dulcet tones, you can just read the words instead. Andrew's put on a fantastic preview against uh, a preview looking ahead of the opposition on Saturday. So, gents, I'm going to I'm going to press you for a goodbye and a quick prediction for Saturday on on how we'll get on against Air United, starting with yourself, Davy T. I would imagine that he'll bring in the players that have not been playing the last few weeks, Raskin. I think the two, the three new boys will probably play. Uh, I would imagine that. Um, maybe, I, I think he'll, he'll, he'll give as many players a rest. I don't think we'll see the real, I don't think we'll see the likes of um, Rice, what do you call him? I've lost his first name. Um, Bailey Rice, Bailey, Bailey Rice. I don't think we'll see the, them coming in. They might, I don't know, but I uh, don't think so. Uh, I, I think Desers will probably play instead of uh, Silva again. Uh, I don't know why, but I just, I just think that. Uh, and yeah, I, I, but the ones that have not been sort of getting a game, right? Will probably get a game. Uh, probably bring him in. I think it'll be that that kind of team, uh, Colin. And I just uh, one thing I do want to say as well, 
get the money Rangers to buy Mioski at the end of the season because mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's, he, should, he should be a Rangers player. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the score, I think, will I'll, I'll keep it at 5-0. Davey, Jim, once again, we found the ball up and he's batted at the park. What, what a guy, he's donated another £10, but he's put in a question this time. Will we win the league this year, Davey? I think we will. I really, I really, I'm starting to believe now. I think they're totally rattled. I think that uh, other clubs, Hibs, Aberdeen, Hearts, all taking points off them. They are not, they teams are not uh, afraid now to attack them. It used to be the other way about. See, at the beginning of the season, see if you think when we played Hibs, when we played Aberdeen, they come out and attacked us. Now it's totally the other way about. They're going out and, uh, and attacking them now. And they're actually frightened now to come out in a time. You take Aberdeen. I mean, Aberdeen were virtually playing with everybody, everybody back except Mioski. Uh, and the first half, totally. I mean, I think the only touch of the ball they had in our penalty ball for Mioski, uh, the, the, the Moscow open, Moscow goal at the end of. But um, no, I, I really think it's, it's, their, it's ours for the taking. Next week we're going to be. I'm not even going to say Ross County. We shouldn't be counting our chickens. Aye. We, we, we. Next week we're going to be top of the league. That's for that's that. I'll, I'll give that. Of no, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet my house on it. But uh, I really, really, hundred percent certain we're going to be top of the league next week. Andrew, will we win the league? Uh I don't want to give you a yes or no to that because uh, it's so difficult. Because uh, it, it's that feeling, that bubbling up feeling of we can do this. The ball is what definitely bag. Commit. I do not care. Commit and gets you sent off, as we found out the other night. Um, but it's definitely in our hands now. It's just a question if we can we can get it to the touchdown zone. Um, because we are we're absolutely in the pole position. I've I've ranted off to four different sports terms tonight, um, but. Uh, I think uh, Ross County will be. I, I should. I don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion because again, you've got the new manager bounce that they'll get, or the, the interim manager bounce. It's it's no <laughs> the shit show that it was previously run under, but um, I think I'm confident about that game, which then puts us in the lead, and then the next load comes at Ibrox. So if we we do our job, then that's a nice cushion. Um, so it's it's ours for the taking now. Um, and that's the main thing. And with Clement at the helm, I'm, I'm, I'm not betting anything on it. I'm not a betting man, but I'm happy with our chances that we have. Um, as a whole, it's just what a turnaround. Because there was, you think about like the the tip of the iceberg. You know the, the Beal getting sacked after Aberdeen. You know I, I think I said at the time if he won the first over from the season, they might have had longer in charge. Um, but then, in that case, we wouldn't have had Phil in at the right time, and uh, to work his magic, and he, he's <sighs> something needs to come up with the the Philip Clement magic wand shot because he, I think he's a bit of a liar. I think he does have the magic wand because he's he, he's doing superb, and he's he's we certainly won back all the fans and cleared the negativity that Ibrox had. It's it's so refreshing to see, you know, that how the tables have turned because you think at that time. Toxicity from the stands, rumours of players being unhappy with the manager, not not listening to what he's telling them, you know, things getting pointed at recruitment teams, the board, you know, that was us like three four months ago, you know, uh, I don't know how long it's been. I'm trying to forget about Bill's face to be honest, but um, you look now and it's the it's the complete opposite. They're not happy with the manager. The players that they brought in have been poor. You know the board aren't doing enough. They're they're, they're happy to rein in the money and, and not invest it back into the team. It's it's the tables have turned and we've got a really good chance to you know to go and take full advantage of it. And I'm really 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 hoping that we can do that. And finally, Andy, very quickly, what's your prediction for Saturday? I will go for a four nil. I've got a feeling that Scott Wright might get a goal. Um, I've got a feeling he'll play. I think he'll start. And I've got he likes the Scottish Cup. He does like the Scottish Cup. I think he, you know, he brings that dynamic that he is. He's the trademark. There's a player in there. Um, I can't say it's Matondo anymore because we all know there's a player there. Uh, so it's going to get shifted to Scott Wright. Um, he, 
he just turns it on in some games, and I think he'll turn it on big time against Ayr. Um, interesting to see uh, the reaction that Scott and Scott and Scott, uh, Scott and Stephen, sorry, will be getting. Uh, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. I, mean, I, I should read the if you read the the opposition report on the Patreon, you'll you'll get a kind of uh, <laughs> my reaction to it as a whole. Um, just a kind of bit of mixed confusion. Um, and the funny thing that uh, Scott obviously Scott Brown was the <laughs> the replacement for Joey Barton at Fleetwood Town. Oh, <laughs> you know it's just uh, those two are just in, interlinked in history, I suppose. Aye, but do head over to Patreon read that from Andrew. I'm going to finish up. Um, yes, Rangers will win the league, um, not for the reasons um, that my two counterparts said. They were looking at the other side of the city. It's about what we do, and I think we've got to do great things. And finally, six nothing on Saturday. Nice, wee easy. Three points up the road in time for match of the day. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more content um, for our members tomorrow. And of course, back live stream on Sunday. So until then, have a great weekend. I hope your team wins. Yeah. Yeah.